0: Welcome to the Gregory Dickow podcast. And let me get right into the teaching of God's word today. I want to talk about really my title of my message today is simply breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. breakthrough. Um, I believe everybody here is ready for some breakthroughs in your life. The definition for the word breakthrough is a sudden and dramatic bursting forth of victory, a sudden and dramatic bursting forth of victory. Now, you see, the victory has already been won for us through Jesus on the cross. He said it is finished. The battle has been won. But oftentimes there's there's some interference in the way of us seeing our victory or experiencing our victory. And I believe that's what a breakthrough is. A breakthrough is a sudden bursting forth of the victory that Jesus already purchased for us. Suddenly that victory bursts, bursts forth in your family. It bursts forth in your health. That victory bursts forth in your emotions So now you have joy and you have happiness and peace and confidence in God. There's a burst birthing or a bursting forth of victory in your health, a bursting forth of victory in your finances, a bursting bursting forth of victory. The victory is already done, but it needs to break through into this natural world. And that's what I want to talk to you about. And every breakthrough that's ever happened in this world, every breakthrough, every bursting forth of victory, it happens through a discovery. So all breakthroughs come from a discovery. There's always a discovery of something that leads to a breakthrough. Your breakthrough begins when you discover some things and we'll talk about what it is we need to discover today and this year. But your breakthrough begins with a discovery. Every breakthrough begins with a discovery. Let me give you some examples that will make sense to you, because I think what um, I think sometimes we we hear that word and we, we just think it's sort of mysterious breakthrough. It sounds a little mystical. It sounds a little like, well, what does that specifically mean? Well, let me give you some examples of breakthroughs in the world that took place because of a discovery. So there was a discovery of gravity by Sir Isaac Newton. He was considered the greatest scientist of all time, and he discovered gravity. And I notice He didn't create gravity. He just discovered how it worked. And when he discovered how gravity worked, then there was a breakthrough of inventions and a breakthrough of 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 better ways of living as a result of the discovery of gravity. What goes up must come down. So that's how we learned how to how to use, how to how to create things that could that could go through the gravity and and, and resist the gravitational pull. That's where airplanes and and flying things happened. Those those breakthroughs so the te- the technology, the breakthrough in aviation, all of that came because of the discovery of gravity. So gravity always existed. But the discovery of it didn't exist until Sir Isaac Newton discovered it. But God already created it that way. And you'll see in history, everything that ever happens, every breakthrough that ever happens is because of a discovery first of something that already existed. So why why are you able to drive from here back to your home in your automobile is because there's something that powers that that automobile called gasoline or fuel. Well, where did that fuel come from? That fuel came from refining oil. And where did the oil came, come from? The oil came from a discovery of what's underneath the surface of the earth and discovering the oil that God put there. No person put the oil there. God put it there. And when somebody discovered it, then there was a breakthrough in the use of it and we were able to harness that fuel and harness that power because of the discovery of that thing that up to that point, the discovery of it did not exist. But the but the presence of that material or the presence of that oil or the presence of precious metals, God put it in the earth. But when somebody discovered it, then they were able to harness it and it created a breakthrough. Are you with me so far? So another example of that is electricity. A lot of people think Thomas Edison discovered electricity, but no, he he discovered how to harness electricity into a light bulb. But how many know he might have invented the light bulb, but he didn't invent light. God said, let there be light. Thomas Edison understood how to harness it or learned through as we learn, as we study motivational type topics. Uh, most people understand. He's, he, he, one of his great quotes was, I just learned 7,000 seven, 7, or ten thousand things not to do. How did you discover the light? bulb? I just I learned seven thousand things not to do. So to him, it was through trial and error and all the experiments that he finally had a breakthrough in the form of a light bulb that right now is giving you light in this building that right now is going to give you light in your home, that right now can give you light everywhere you go because of a discovery of electricity. But Thomas Edison didn't discover electricity. He discovered how to channel it or harness it into a light bulb. But the discovery of electricity was done by a man named Michael Faraday. He made two big discoveries that changed the world. In 1821, he discovered that when a wire carrying an electric current is placed next to a single magnetic pole, the wire will rotate. This led to the development of the electric motor. Ten years later, he became the first person to produce an electric current by moving a wire through a magnetic field. His experiment created the first generator, the forerunner of all the gen- generators that produce our electricity in this world today, that generator, the generators that produce that electricity were harnessed. That's harnessed power. It's harnessing the electricity that was discovered by Faraday. God put electricity into the universe. But Faraday discovered it in the earth and then people were able to harness it into generators and harness it into all the powered equipment and the powered things that power our lives every day. It's all because there was a discovery that led to a breakthrough. Right now, thousands of people could be watching us right now because of a breakthrough called the Internet, a breakthrough called the Internet. The Internet didn't create communication, it harnessed communication. It harnessed it or it formed it in a way that it could have a result, an effective outcome or effective use of it. So everything in life, every breakthrough starts with a discovery. See, you're not going to have a breakthrough because I declare over you this is your breakthrough year. You see, I can declare breakthrough over you all the days of your life, but nothing's going to happen until you discover something that will lead to that breakthrough. There's we have to discover some things that will create the breakthrough. And that's why the study of the Bible is not a study of what we must do. It's a study of what we possess. It's a study of what belongs to us in Christ. It's not it's not a study of the commandments to carry out, but it's a study of the treasure that he has carried into us, put placed inside of us so that we could tap into those treasures and learn how to operate in the power of God and experience breakthroughs in our health, breakthroughs in our families, breakthroughs in our finances, breakthroughs in our peace and our emotions. All of that comes when we harness the treasures that are that God has put inside of us. But harnessing the treasure starts with discovering the treasure. Every breakthrough starts with the discovery. If you leave here, that's one thing you're going to leave here today. Knowing every breakthrough starts with a discovery. Every breakthrough begins with a discovery. Every breakthrough begins with what? Discovery. A discovery, a discovery. Well, we could keep going with um, Louis uh, Louis Pasteur, the French chemist. He began experimenting with bacteria in the 1860s. People did not know at the time what caused disease, but he not only discovered he discovered that disease came from microorganisms, but he also realized that those microorganisms or bacteria, as we now know it, that bacteria could be killed by heat and by disinfectant that he discovered that bacteria could be could be killed by heat and disinfectant. What did that lead to that discovery of 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 that reality. God God created uh, God created the the disinfectants and the heat that kills bacteria. God created that, but he discovered how to harness it and put it into something that later created a cleansing and a, a sterilizing of medical instruments that medical instruments used to kill people. They, they could cure people, but people could also be killed because of the bacteria that was on the instruments and when they discovered when this man discovered how bacteria was killed, doctors were able to wash their hands, sterilize their instruments. And it has saved millions upon millions upon millions of people's lives. You think it's something you might think "Oh, What's the big deal? It is a big deal, because if you've ever been to a doctor, you're going to be glad he's got gloves. You're going to be glad that he that he sterilized the equipment. You're going to be glad that he's not sticking something inside of you that he just stuck inside of somebody else and wiped it off with a tissue. Hello. (laughs) Back to Earth here, guys. This is so important that we realize that all these breakthroughs of saving millions of lives came from a discovery by one person. The theory of relativity, Albert Einstein. He published it in 1905. It explains the relationship between speed and time and distance. This theory became the foundation for all modern science comes from this theory of relativity that Albert Einstein discovered. The theory always relativity always existed, but he discovered and created a theory about it that could be harnessed to create energy. And modern science all is founded upon the discovery of the theory of relativity. How about penicillin? Most people don't even know what that is anymore, but years ago, so many people were dying of diseases that penicillin became the cure to uh, antibiotics are powerful drugs that kill dangerous bacteria in our bodies that make us sick, make us sick. In 1928, Alexander Fleming discovered the first antibiotic penicillin, which he grew in his lab using mold and fun, fungi, fun, How do you say it? fungi, 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 I'm a fun guy. Are you. <laughs> Listen, without these antibiotics, then infections would kill us without these antibiotics, infections were killing people. So penicillin became a cure to infections and to uh, bacteria that we now take for granted. But somebody discovered it. And in fact, it was quite accidental how he discovered it. You should do the research. It was kind of he was, you know, working with Petri dishes and sort of saw something connecting to something that led to his recognition that, yeah, this kills that. This stuff kills that stuff. And ever since then, we've got medical breakthroughs and we've got antibiotics and we've got all these cures and all these ways that what is happening is people have learned to harness healing, breakthroughs of healing, Healing is the breakthrough, but the breakthrough came from a discovery of penicillin. Oh, man. You getting a hold of this yet? We go on on DNA, DNA in our bodies has always existed the uh, binary strands, the double helix structure of DNA, all that stuff that we look at and go, oh, wow, isn't that cool? Our DNA. And some people are learning through DNA who their relatives were, who their relatives weren't, who their daddy really is. I mean, stuff like that's happening. So sometimes it's not good. You know, ignorance is bliss. Everybody listen. <laughs> but. Uh, But DNA is made up of two strands that twist around each other and have almost endless variety of chemical patterns that create instructions for the human body to follow. Right. Our genes are made of DNA and determine how things like what color hair and eyes will have. And this guy was awarded. James Watson was awarded the Nobel Prize for this work. The discoveries help doctors understand diseases and prevent illnesses and will continue to prevent illnesses Uh, for the rest of 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 humanity on this earth, that that discovery of DNA that's solving crimes now, it's solving mysteries, it's solving. You can trace now DNA back hundreds of years. I mean, it is unbelievable what these discoveries have led to. And what do discoveries lead to? Breakthroughs. Hey, we couldn't solve this crime, so we learned how to use fingerprints. The discovery of a fingerprint led to a breakthrough of finding the criminal. Right. Listen, hear ye, hear, 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 hear ye. Every breakthrough starts with a discovery, a discovery, a discovery. So, what I'm trying to say to you is you need a breakthrough in your home, you need a breakthrough in your finances. It's not just gonna come because the new year came, it's 2020 breakthrough year, yeah! None of that's happening without a discovery of some stuff. That's what church is for. That's what preachers are for. That's what your pastor is for. I'm on this earth to help you uncover what is inside of you and uncover and reveal all the good that God has put in you to discover the greatness that's inside of you so that you can harness that greatness, harness that treasure, harness that power, and it activates the miracle breakthrough that you need. Listen, Church should never again for anybody be a place where the preacher gets up and starts saying, I'm going to you know, you got this sin and you got that sin and that person has this sin. Usually when people are pointing out other people's sin, when if I'm pointing out your sin and three of my fingers are pointing back at me. So I'm probably like trying to deflect my stuff to point out your stuff. Preaching should not be about trying to uncover the sins in people's lives. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't uncover it, covers, it covers. Love really is the only commandment in the Bible. After Jesus rose from the dead, the commandment is love. It's love. It's love because love fixes everything. Believing the love of God and walking in that love is the cure to everything. It's the answer to everything. The whole law is fulfilled in this love, love starts with God's love for us. Right. We love him because he first loved us. You see a discovery. You know what? You got an enemy. You got somebody that's been harassing. You got somebody that's been treating you bad. The discovery of God's love for you will lead to a breakthrough of your ability to forgive that person. The breakthrough is in forgiveness. But forgiveness comes from a discovery of love. God loves me. And God forgave me. That discovery leads me to the breakthrough of letting it go. I can let this go because I've discovered his love. I've discovered God's mercy so I can see how this works in everything. This works in everything. Breakthroughs begin with discovery, 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 discovery. Let me show you something. What I mean, you know, there's this scripture in, um, well, let me take you to it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Watch how this works. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And if you go to verse 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says, For God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness. Now, let me ask you something. When God said light shall shine out of darkness, what happened? Light shone, right? When God said, let there be light, what happened? Light beed. life, bid life was life, came life. When God said, let there be light, excuse me, light. when God said, let there be light, light showed up when God said it. It came into existence. OK. So there's something very powerful about saying something and it comes into existence. Right. And God, God has the power to say something and for it to come into existence. But notice what he says in verse seven. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have what this what treasure in earthen vessels that so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves that we are, he says, because we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, um, pressed down or persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body, the dying of Jesus. I'm carrying in my temple here in my vessel, I'm carrying the death and resurrection of Jesus so that his power can his power can flow into my flow in and through my life because I'm carrying what he did on the cross. I carry it with me. That's what it means to take up your cross. It's not me sacrificing something. Taking up my cross means me acknowledging that the cross of Jesus finished it all and has given me the right to salvation and healing and breakthroughs. It's the cross that does it. It's the cross that did it. It's if Jesus didn't do enough, then he should have. But he did do enough. There's nothing we can add to what he did for us on the cross. His death on the cross is completed. The necessary ingredients for your salvation, for your healing, for your peace, for your breakthrough, for your joy. It's all finished at the cross. We're carrying in our body the finished work of the cross. But I want you to see that's the treasure we're carrying. We're carrying this treasure of what Jesus did for us. We're carrying a treasure of the spirit of God inside of us. We're carrying a treasure of gifts and talents and abilities inside of us. But also notice God said, verse six of Second Corinthians four. Go going back to that God who said light shall shine out of darkness has now shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. In other words, we have the glory of God inside of us and the same way that God has the ability and the power to say, let there be light and it activates light. We have this treasure in earth and vessels in our physical body. We have the ability to speak into existence things that didn't exist before because God has put inside of us this treasure of faith and this treasure that we call a tongue. You know, your tongue is powerful, right? Death and life are in the power or the treasure of the tongue. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have the ability to speak things into existence the way that God spoke things into existence because he gave us the, the power to speak. He gave us a tongue to declare. That's how you got saved. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Salvation. Your tongue didn't create salvation, but your tongue activated the treasure of salvation that is available to every human being on the face of this earth. Your tongue activated. The gift of salvation, you didn't create salvation, but you activated it with your tongue. Am I in the right place here today? See, once you discover the treasures that you are carrying, once you discover the treasures that you have at your disposal, you'll start activating the things that God said you can walk in and the promises of God in your life. There is no promise that God made to you that doesn't come the same way. Everything comes the same way. God puts it into existence. We put it into activation. God puts things into existence. We put we activate them. Okay, we activate them. We discover it and then we activate it. So when I discovered that my words had power, I started using my words to create things that I wanted rather than things I didn't want. When you start harnessing your tongue to give thanks rather than to complain, you start experiencing joy and peace and a powerful life. And where did all that come from? God created it, but you discovered it and you were able to harness it to bring it into existence, which is called a breakthrough. Bringing it into existence is the breakthrough. Discovering it leads to the breakthrough. I didn't confess Jesus as Lord until I saw in the Bible. Oh, it says "Declare Jesus as Lord. God put God made him Lord, but I activated him as my Lord when I said Jesus is Lord. You see. I didn't create his lordship, but I activated it in my life. Same with you. You've done the same thing if you're born again here today. All right. So we understand the concepts now. Let's practically explore this because, look, there's a scripture that Jesus said that people have misinterpreted for years. And it says whatever is hidden, Jesus said, whatever is hidden is going to be revealed. Whatever is hidden is going to be revealed. So, again, self-righteous Christians and self righteous preachers have used that verse to say, well, see, you got sin in your life. Whatever you're hiding, whatever sins you're hiding, they're gonna be revealed. They're gonna be revealed. Shame on you, shame on you. You better stop sinning because whatever's hidden is gonna be revealed. But Jesus wasn't using that scripture in a negative way. He never does. People use it in a negative way, but God doesn't use it in a negative way. God was saying, look, Whatever's hidden inside of you the treasures that's inside of you when you learn when you discover the treasures that are hidden inside of you whatever is hidden is going to be revealed whatever is hidden is going to come to the light whatever is hidden is going to manifest you see Jesus wasn't talking about hidden sin you don't have any hidden sin Your sins all washed away. Besides that, God knows whatever you're hiding. God knows already anyway. But Jesus washed it all away with his blood. So he's not talking about our sins. If you're hiding your sin, it's going to be exposed. It's going to be revealed. Again, love covers a multitude of sins and Jesus loves you. So he's not about manifesting your sin or revealing your sin to everybody. He's about revealing his treasure that's inside of you. The Bible says In Psalm 119, I think it's verse nine or 11, he says, I've hidden I have hidden your words in my heart. I have hidden your word. I have treasured your word in my heart. You see, now we're getting to the bottom of things. Whatever is hidden, whatever is whatever treasures inside of you is going to be revealed. Whatever is hidden is going to be revealed. I've hidden your word in my heart. That's what produces the power to not sin. I've hidden your word in my heart. You see, the treasure is the word of God. The treasure are the gifts of God. The treasure is everything God placed inside of you. And see, all I am, all I'm doing is kind of excavating with you. We're excavating your life. We're excavating my life. We're digging for the treasure. There's buried treasure inside of you. Several years ago, there was a um, there was a road, a highway in in Los Angeles that had to be Um, that had to be repaired. And as the construction company came to repair the highway, they had to dig deep to get underneath and make sure that it you know that it could withstand earthquakes and all of that. So they dug underneath this highway. This is maybe 20 years ago. And as they were digging, they found a treasure, literally like a pirate's treasure, maybe Yeah, that's close, right? Uh, And it had four hundred thousand dollars worth of worth of um, of gold or silver or precious metal inside of this box that was hidden under a Los Angeles freeway and they accidentally discovered it. How many know? Nobody could spend that four hundred thousand dollars until somebody discovered it. Only upon discovering it can you spend it. Have you ever found that all of a sudden in your bank account, there was a little more money than you thought there was in it? And you're like, you didn't spend it because you didn't know it was in there. Had you known it was in there, it'd be gone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, whoa, I didn't know I had that there. Guess what? Now you can use what you discovered. It was there. You just discovered it. It's been there. You just discovered it. This is what I'm talking about. This is what we need to do this year. We should devote our this year and every year and every day of our lives to a treasure hunt to a discovery of the greatness that's inside of us, because there are things inside of you that God has buried that when you begin to excavate, when you begin to renew your mind, when you align your thinking with God's way of thinking, when you begin to adapt to God's view of you, you begin to discover the greatness in you, you discover the treasure, you discover the wealth, you discover the riches, you discover everything you need is inside of you. Let me show you what I mean when you're born again. Go over with me for a moment to um, to Second Kings, Chapter four. You see. We have thought backwards, backward thinking is what I want to strongly encourage you to reverse today and to begin a reversal of backward thinking. Backward thinking is to be focused on what you don't have rather than to be focused on what you do have. When you focus on what you do have, it produces gratitude and thanks. When you focus on what you don't have, it produces fear and anxiety. It produces worry. It produces when you you focus on what you don't have, it produces complaining and negativity when you focus on what you don't have. So this widow in Second Kings, chapter four, cries out her her husband has just died. And the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha and said in verse one of Second Kings four, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. But the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? So when I talk to you about backward thinking, I'm trying to you want to use this scripture to illustrate backward thinking is I don't what I don't have. He is about to do a miracle in her life or really she's going to experience the breakthrough that she needs in her life. But how he walks her through it will give us some clues as to how we can experience breakthroughs in our lives through a discovery like he gave her. He helped her discover some things. He said, what do you have in your house? You see, she cried out to the prophet, but the prophet cried out back to her and said, what do you have in your house? He pointed her to her own house. He didn't point to heaven and say, let me try to talk to God about this. He didn't point over next door. He pointed her to her own house. What do you have in your house? You need a breakthrough. In other words, what you need doesn't start with what you don't have. What you need starts with what you do have. She needed to pay her creditors. She needed to pay her bills and she didn't know how she was going to do it. And he pointed her back to what she already had. Everything you need starts with what you have. Jesus needed to feed five thousand men, five thousand people, maybe twenty thousand people. Jesus needed to feed thousands of people. And he said to his disciples, what do we have? What do we have? What do you guys got? And they started with the negatives. They said we got nothing. Oh, but there's this little boy. He's got five loaves and two fish. Jesus said that'll do. He takes five loaves and two fish and giving thanks for what he had created a miraculous multiplication of what they needed. Giving thanks for what they had created a multiplication of what they needed. Giving thanks for what he had created a multiplication to what he needed. Giving thanks for what he had created a multiplication for what he needed. Giving thanks for what you have will create multiplication for what you need. Giving thanks to what for what you have will create a multiplication into what you need. Every breakthrough starts with the discovery of what you have. What do you have in the house? What do you have in the house? What do you have in the house? Uh, Your maidservant has nothing except this little jar of oil. Fine. Go get some empty vessels. Now we're talking about vessels today because we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Your body is the temple of God. What do you have in your house? Your body is God's house. Do you know that he chose to live inside of you? He could have lived. He could have he could have gone anywhere. He could have moved to Maui. But he chose to live in Yui and me. You, know, you get this like, what do you have in your house? You have the Holy Spirit. You have a tongue, you have gifts, you have talents, He said, stir up the gifts that are in you. Stir them up. They're already in you. He says to her, what do you have in the house? Here's the point, gang. Everything that you need starts with what you already have and your attitude about what you already have. Like, if you're thankful for what you already have, that's the secret to the multiplied breakthrough that you need. Every breakthrough begins with the discovery of what you have. So her solution look, her problem was all about what she didn't have, but her solution was all about what she did have. Her problem was all about what she didn't have, but her solution was all about what she did have. So we have to shift our thinking. We have to shift our thinking. And when you shift your thinking from what you don't have to what you do have, now you have discovered what you have, that thing that you've discovered is now going to lead to your breakthrough. It's really simple, simpler than what people make it like. You say, I don't I don't have much. You got words. Well, words aren't much, really, because a lot of people have made a lot of money. Writing words on a page called a book. A lot of people have made a lot of money using words on television called movies or TV show. I guess whatever you know. You get the point? Don't make me go through it. Figure it out. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like words are powerful. Words create a mood and destroy one. Whoa, you gained some weight, honey. Uh. <laughs> You just ruin the mood. (laughs) With what words? You don't think words have power? Try it. (laughs) Next time, your gentleman, your wife says, "You know, how do you like my hair?" You You better be careful, man. About to silence all your dreams and all your (laughs) hopes. Well, do you like it blonde or do you like it brunette? Don't fall for that trick. Gang. Don't do it, please. Do yourself a favor. Don't answer. My point is words have power. And we don't realize it, so we don't even use them in the right way. But yet we're getting what we say without even realizing it. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. So guess what ends up happening? You end up with not enough. Why? Because they worked. Your words worked. It's not that they didn't work. It's that they did work. I don't have it. I don't have it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Guess what? It's working. That's why we need to change and realize, hey, what do you have in your house? You got words. What do you have in your house? You got a tongue. What do you have in your house? I got a jar of oil. OK, I'll work with that. So he he gets her this breakthrough she's about to have starts with a shift in her thinking from what she doesn't have to what she does have. You want to break through this year. You want to break through this week. You want to break through this hour. You want to break through this lifetime shift your focus from what you don't have to what you do have. Give thanks for what you do have, because the giving thanks for what you do have produces the multiplication of what you don't have. And then what did he do, he said, "Okay, that's all you got. That'll work. Go borrow some empty vessels from all your neighbors and don't just get a few. So so he tells her to shift her thinking. He gets her to shift her thinking. That produces a breakthrough. That's the step, a step towards the breakthrough. And then he gets her to elevate her expectations. Don't just get a few vessels, get as many as you can. Don't just borrow a few. He says, do not get a few, get a bunch, like elevate your expectation. Man, look, I, I love the beginning of New Year's, but they really are meaningless if you don't change your thinking. A calendar change does not change your life, but a change of thought changes your life. Shift your thinking from what you don't have to what you do have and then elevate your expectation. Like, man, I am believing for more in my life this year than I've ever had before. And I'm elevating my expectation and I'm going to present God. I'm going to bring to God empty vessels I'm going to bring him empty checkbooks, empty health, empty, empty everything. And he's going to fill it because as whatever you bring expecting, he will fill whatever you bring to him expecting he will fill. By your standard of measure, it'll be measured to you if you give cheerfully, if you give, if you give abundantly, you are you are setting your expectations up high and God is going to give you an abundant harvest. Life is going to give you an abundant harvest. It's not even really God's not moving the harvest around life. He already spun it into existence. He already put seed time and harvest into existence. We put it into activation. Then you know what he said I love this this next verse in verse 4 I'm about to close I'll be closing here but you can't miss this here so then he said and when you get the vessels go into your house with your with your kids and go into the room and shut the door behind you shut the door behind you and start pouring we need to shut the door on some things in our lives we need to shut the door on our past failures. We need to shut the door on our fears. We need to shut the door on our unbelief. We need to shut the door on our limited expectations. We need to shut the door on last year. We need to shut the door on our disappointments. We need to shut the door on our anxieties and our worries. We need to shut the door on what's behind us. We need to shut the door on some people. Let me tell you, there are some people in your life you need to shut the door on. You know what? Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Some of that needs to happen. In your life, some of that needs to happen in your life. You gotta sh- look, Jesus. I'm sorry, I'm so excited about this, but it's exciting stuff, man. This ain't no religion. It ain't, about a, it ain't about a religion, it's about a revolution. Listen, Jesus shut the door on some people. I'm not talking about sending them to hell. I'm talking about in Mark, chapter five, verse 40. Jesus goes into Jairus's house where his little daughter had died. And he says they began laughing at him and know what he did. He put them all out. Look at that. He put them all out. He said, you and you're laughing and you're mocking and your negativity. Get the heaven out of here. <laughs> You almost tricked me there. You almost made me trip up. You and your mockery wasn't laughing out of joy. They were laughing out of mocking him. They scorned at him, laughing at him, you know, not laughing with him. They're laughing at him. But putting them all out, he literally shut the door on them. goes into the room with the mother and the father and Peter, James and John and says, takes the girl by the hand and says, Talitha, my little girl, I say to you, arise. And what happened? She gets up and she began to walk. She was 12 years old. A miracle happened. How would the breakthrough happen? He had to shut the door on some things. He had to shut the door on some people. He had to shut the door. Listen, you think it doesn't matter who you associate with? It matters. You need to hang with people that are going up, not down that are talking good, not bad, that are full of optimism and faith and positivity, not negativity and anxiety, fear and worry and unbelief. No, no, no. And, and critical, offended people. Look, you got to shut the door on being offended. You got to shut the door on offended people. Look, I can help you get to church, get, get your get open up your life to God's word. But don't look, don't bring your don't bring your offense to me because the root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and defiles many. Oh, I can handle their 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 negativity. That's because you're already in a negative state of mind. I can handle their negativity. Yeah, you you gave birth to it. Maybe (laughs) you can't. We're not designed like that. We're not designed to handle negativity. Our bodies aren't even designed to be angry for long. The Bible says Jesus said or Paul says using, you know, by the spirit of God in Ephesians chapter four, he said, don't go to bed angry. He said, don't let the sun go down on your anger. You know what he's saying? He's saying the human body and the human mind and the human soul is not designed to carry anger into the next day. So don't let the sun go down on your anger. Deal with it before the sun goes down, because you're not wired to carry it the next day. It just begins to compound and hardens your heart and makes you a negative person. Man, when we get a hold of this. Shut the door on some stuff. Shut the door on some on, on the DNA of your past. Shut the door on who the world says you are. Shut the door on on racial differences. Shut the door on economic differences. Shut the door on political differences. Like we got some people that are haters and we're not haters, we're lovers. Look, I don't care what your politics are. As long as you love the other, the other party, the people, you don't have to love the policies, but don't associate people and say "Well, because you're a Democrat, you're this because you're a Republican. You're this. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. We're lovers, we're lovers, we're We're lovers, we're not haters, we're lovers, we're not haters. We have to stop all that negativity, shut the door on that stuff. Like you can believe what you want, vote for what you want, vote who what you want, but don't be negative towards people that disagree. Boy, it's just simple. It's like it's like courtesy. It's like manners. We seem to lost those. Let's shut the door on negativity. Let's shut the door. on being offended. Let's shut the door on. I'm right. And you're wrong. And that's all the end of that. Shut the door on that arrogance, that pride, that self-righteousness. You shut the door on some things. And she, he said, shut the door and start pouring into the empty vessels. Let me encourage you as we close today. Elisha told this woman, start pouring what you have into empty vessels. A vessel represents a human life. And if I'm telling you, you want a breakthrough in your life this year, start doing for others. Start pouring into others. Start winning souls. Start serving and volunteering in church. You're like, I don't have time. But you see, you don't have oil. You don't have enough oil. You got, an, you got, all you got is a jar of oil. You need it multiplied. You know, when it starts multiplying, when you start giving it away, when you start pouring it into others. And he, she, he said, start pouring into the vessels. And as she did, the oil didn't run out. It did. In fact, the vessels ran out before the oil did. The oil kept pouring until she didn't have any more vessels. We got to stop being self-centered and we got to be willing to step out this year and volunteer and give of ourselves and and be not just hearers of the word, but doers also by giving what has been given to us. Give it away. A bell is not a bell unless you ring it. A song is not a song unless you sing it. Love is not put in your heart just to stay. Love is not love till you give it away. If we could live like that you will experience breakthrough. So what are we walking away with today? We're walking away with a shift in our thinking from what we don't have to what we have. We're walking away today with elevated expectation. We're walking away today, shutting the door on some things. We're walking away today knowing that as we give, as we serve, as we volunteer, as we help, as we share, as we take what we have and give and see our lives as givers, take of the treasure that's inside of us and give it. You have a word of encouragement to somebody. You have a prayer you could pray for somebody. You have a, you have a, a, a song you can sing, sing it. You got a, a word of encouragement you can bring, bring it. You've got you've got um, a gift you can give. Bring it. You know, if all you got is the you're the little drummer boy, you got no gift to bring. Parumpa, pum pum, like just play it, you know, <laughs> give what you got. It'll multiply. It'll multiply. Be generous this year. It'll multiply. Start being a tither this year. It'll multiply. Start being a giver this year. It'll multiply. Start volunteering this year. Time will multiply. Whatever you give is going to multiply. If that's time, we're not saying, oh, our precious time. We're saying we sow our time and we're going to get multiplied time back. How? Because God can turn stuff around without you seeing it. He can do stuff in the future. When you get there, it it only takes an hour instead of three days. It only takes a couple minutes. He can turn around in one moment thing that you got yourself into for years, he can turn it around in a moment. That's how good God is. So don't be afraid to give. Don't be afraid to share. Don't be afraid to volunteer. Don't be afraid to give of your time, your talents, your money, because as you give what you do have, as you discover what you do have, you give what you do have, you start pouring it, start harnessing it. It starts multiplying into what you don't have.